Oh Holy Night on 1906 on Christmas Eve ended up being the very first song ever broadcast on AM radio. And so it, it kind of holds a piece in history, that Oh Holy Night. And when you read about what the song is about, you know what the song is about, right? It's about the night that Jesus was born. Now, we're not for sure if it was at night. Both my kids were born at night, so I'm assuming it was at night. Okay, that's what I'm going to roll with that. But it's, it's amazing that, that non-believer, non-Christian wrote such incredible lyrics, such heartfelt lyrics about Oh Holy Night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some of those. I, I think we even have them we can put on the screen. It says this. Do we have them? Oh, yeah. And you kind of get the rhyme of it now that you know it's a poem. It says, Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he, heard, till he appeared and their soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. That's verse 1 out of Luke chapter 2 of the song, O Holy Night. Isn't that an incredible message? How many remember, the, how many parents we have in here, and remember when you're Especially your first child was born. Do you remember that experience? Like, I, I remember it like it was yesterday also. I remember so many vivid pictures of every little thing that happened. I remember, and, and the reason we all remember it, I think, is because there's so many firsts that day. There's so many things that no, you've never experienced, your spouse never experienced until that happens. How, how many husbands were in the room right there with it when your kid was born? Yep, awesome. That, that, that changes your perspective on a lot, doesn't it? It's incredible, and, and that, this, this manger scene, the, the three wise men that were mixed in with the crowd, that scene is what O Holy Night is about. That night when Mary's first child was born, and yes, I know it's the Son of God, but it's her firstborn. It's her kid. And outside of it being Jesus, being Jesus was amazing, but outside of that, this was Mary's. This was Mary's son. What an incredible night. And sometimes I don't think we do it justice with the little barn and a couple of bells of hay and a little feed trough with the baby in it and everybody. In fact, can I mess your theology up real quick? Is that okay right before Christmas? Don't go home and change your front yard decorations after this, okay? But the wise men weren't at the manger scene. I don't know if you know that. We always put them at the manger scene, but they probably showed up a year and a half, two years later. Jesus is probably not in diapers by then. He is probably good, good to go. Not at the manger scene. But, but that night, they were in a barn and maybe even a cave. People in those times used a cave to house their animals. I don't know which is worse, a little barn lean-to or a cave. But Jesus, the Son of God, was born on that night, 2,000 years ago, in a little barn because there wasn't room in the inn. There wasn't a room in any place for them to stay. He was born almost outside, just under a little bit of shelter. And that was the night that changed everything. Today, as I look at those, that verse of O Holy Night, one of the things that I thought was very insightful for somebody that's not a Christian to write in those lyrics is the second one from the bottom where it says, The weary world rejoices. And I, as I read those lyrics, every time I sing those, I think, that's heartfelt. That's somebody who, who understands the feeling of the world, who understands this world can wear you out. Have you ever been wore out before by the world? Who understands the world can wear me out. But the great thing about it is, is the last line. I don't want to focus on the weary part. We all get the weary part. But I want to focus on the good news. The last line that 
for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. A new and glorious morning. And I want to focus on today, I want, for the next few minutes, I want to focus on a new and glorious morning. Amen? How many of you would like to take last week and move it along and have a brand new, fresh start this week knowing the hope of Jesus in your life for this week? Amen? That's, that's the way I want to focus a little bit. And I want to bring you to a passage of Scripture that's not in the New Testament. It's not in the Gospels where Jesus was born. In fact, I'm betting money that not many Christmas messages have ever been preached from this book, ever. It's the book of Lamentations. If you know much about Lamentations, it was written by the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jeremiah was called to the Holy Land, to, to Jerusalem, to all of southern Israel. And they called him the weeping prophet because Jeremiah lived in a weary world. He lived in a rough time. In fact, he was the weeping prophet because he would constantly, God would tell him, hey, Jeremiah, go talk to the people and tell them this. And he would go tell them, zero people would respond. He would go back to God crying, why do you have me doing this? Like he didn't understand. And he wrote the book of Lamentations lamenting, crying, whining about that. Now, I know nobody in here has ever done that, but I've done that a few times in my life. I've had a weary week or a weary month. Sometimes I could probably point out a couple of weary years in my life. And I've went to Jesus and said, hey, man, what's up? What did I do to make you mad? What is going on in this planet? I need some help. And here's where Jeremiah starts writing in the book of Lamentations. What's cool, though, is what we're going to focus on today. It's in chapter 3. There's a, there's a switch that's flipped. In chapter 3, we get to see he changes a little bit. He changes his attitude. We, we get to see him remembering what God's told him about this king coming, about Jesus coming. And this is a part that I hope that everybody in here today, you've had a weary time this year. Maybe it's a week or a month or a stretch of time. Can I encourage you this morning that there's another day tomorrow? There's a fresh day tomorrow. God, God says, my mercies are new every morning. Come on, y'all can preach a little bit with me this morning, right? Yeah, it, his mercy is new every single day. His strength is new every single day. And that's what I want to focus on. I want you to listen to what he says here in Lamentations 3.20. He says, he's thinking about all these bad things, and he says, I remember them well. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet. Everybody say yet. Okay, one more time. Say yet. Can I tell you, this is a crucial word. Crucial word right here for the, for the last part of O Holy Night. All right, here we go. Yet, I call this to mind. And therefore, I have hope. You understand, like, in, in one sentence, he says, I remember all of this. I remember the stuff that I'm going through. And my soul is downcast. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I live in a weary world. Yet big word. It's only three letters, but it's huge. Yet, I call this to mind. And when I do, I have hope. Listen to what he says. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. That's a good spot for an amen. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, self, I just added that. It's not in there. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You, you understand, like, we, we can all get there, especially this time of year. I've, I've, I use this stat all the time, every season, that there's, there's more depression, there's more 
stuff that goes on, and, and I almost hate to even say it, but there are more attempted suicides reported in emergency rooms from Thanksgiving to New Year's than the previous 11 months combined. And it's not because we go through more things during that time, but it's because we're aware of those things. It, it's family time. There's a lot of preaching about joy and all that kind of, and, and the, the weary things in our life are brought out. And if you're not careful, we can be consumed by those, right? What I'm hoping to do today is to show you that a very simple word, a simple word, yet. Yet. I'm going through it. I remember those well. Do you understand? Jeremiah is not saying that I'm going to pretend that stuff didn't happen. And we're just going to pretend that I'm in Jesus land and we're going to ride that Jesus bus all the way to glory. Hallelujah. Right? Y'all know y'all been there. And we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. And Jeremiah is saying, no, 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 that's not how it works. I'm going through real stuff, right? There's real situations and circumstances in my life. But yet, I'm going to call, I'm going to recall some good things. I'm going to recall some things that God's done in my life, and I'm going to have hope from that. My, my soul is downcast, but I'm going to fire my soul up a little bit. You see right in the middle of that where he, he almost starts preaching. He says, they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He's getting fired up a little bit. And, and I want you to understand that this whole message today, it's only going to last about 10 minutes, but the whole message, the umbrella is the yet. All right, you got to get that part first. If you're taking notes, it, it's, it only works. It only works with the yet. It only works if you, everybody practice it one more time, everybody say yet. Yeah, yet. I'm trying to jumpstart, I'm trying to spray a little lighter fluid in your, in your intake manifold. You ever done that before? Yeah, you probably didn't have a really cruddy car growing up, but I had one of those cars that I, I kept some carburetor cleaner uh, wedged in between my battery and my fender in my car. And I'd get out there and then, on days like today, man, I'd get out and pop the, pop the hood and take off the breather just enough. You didn't take it all the way off because I'd have to put that wing nut back on, you know. Take it off a little bit, stick that little long red thing down in there and just... And you're trying to figure out how much is enough to start it without blowing my hood off, okay? That's, that's kind of the balance that you're shooting for. And you have to spray it a little bit, put that back on, hurry for it all runs out, and jump in the car, and blows out a big deal of smoke in the back. Anybody ever done that? Got a witness, brother, right there. Yeah. Now, it, it works on lawnmowers, tractors. Y'all go have fun, okay? And, and th that's what I want to do today. In spite of circumstances, in spite of situations, in spite of real life sometimes, I want to I spread a little yet in your life, all right? I want a little right on you, all right? You can tell everybody I said that. Tweet that out. I don't know how you spell it, but tweet that out. I, I want to I spray a little bit on you to jumpstart you today, to remind you that Jesus knows right where you're at. With Jeremiah, he said, Lord, don't you see what I'm going through? And the Lord said, I, I see right where you're going through. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. It, it's helping you. It's helping other people. I know you don't see it yet. But I'm in your tomorrow because it's all new tomorrow. I've got new mercies for you, new strength, new opportunity. I'm going to get ahead of myself. So let's, so let's jump in. Remember, it only works with the yet, all right? It doesn't just work like abracadabra. Abracadabra. Got it. It, it only works with the yet. Yet. It's intentional. Yet, Lord, I'm not going to stay this way. Yet, I'm going to fight it. Yet, I'm going to preach a little bit to myself. Yet, I'm going to sing a song about you. Yet, great is your faithfulness. Here we go. Number one is this. A new day with Jesus brings you exactly what you need. According to Lamentations that we just read, a new day, this new day, 
with Jesus, it's going to bring you exactly what you need. Do you want exactly what you need? You know what I have found in life? I have found that when I pick out everything for Scott, I miss it. If I just get all the stuff that I see that I want, I miss it. Because I get everything that I want, and then I go, hmm, there's still something missing. And I find that if Jesus is the one up front driving my life, and he can filter the things that I go through and get and think about and listen to and buy and all the different stuff in my life, if he can filter all of that, he ends up not saying yes to everything, but getting me exactly what I need in my life. Isn't that crazy? Listen to what it says in Lamentations verse 24. It says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion. Can I tell you that that little secret right there, like the Lord is my portion, that means he's going to portion out what I need in life. That's a secret of the whole Bible. Did you know that? Like look back, look back like Moses and the Israelites coming out of Egypt that, that time. Do you remember a million Hebrews leave Egypt and they're in the desert and they have nothing. I mean, it's not like they had a truck full of snackables walking around, you know, driving around, following, feeding everybody. Wouldn't it be great if they had Taco Tuesday in the desert back then? That would be awesome. They didn't. And they had to figure out, how do you feed a million people in the desert? And you know what? God said, every day, when you wake up, out laying in the desert, you can read this for yourself in Exodus, laying in the desert will be manna, all over the bread, all over the place. Millions and millions and millions of pieces of it. Just, I'm going to make it while you're sleeping. I'm going to lay it out there. It'll be new every morning. And... Some of them would try to hoard that bread, right? They'd try to run out there, get up early and get a bunch of bread so that they'd have snacks that, that night, you know, and make them a Dagwood sandwich. I know what a Dagwood is, right? That's the three pieces of bread, right? That's before Big Macs was the Dagwood, yeah. My dad, every time I'd get sick, my dad would fix me a bacon Dagwood sandwich. Whew. I may have one for lunch today. As I swallow, mm, that tastes good. They would try to hoard the bread. And you know what would happen with the bread that they got extra? The next day they would wake up and they would think, oh, look at all this extra bread. And they would open it up and it would be moldy. And God would say, that, that bread's not meant for today. That bread was meant for yesterday. Now go out and do what you're supposed to do and get the bread for today. And people were so freaked out. What are you talking about, Lord? Do you not know I gathered all of that yesterday? Yep, I know everything. Yep, yep. But it wasn't meant for today. See, it, it, the portions are new every day. There's something every day. I want you to keep your eye on and watch and learn and grow and mature every single day. And it's just that way. Same thing. That's what, that's what he says. The Lord is my portion. And even in the New Testament, right, when Jesus teaches us to pray, in Matthew 6, the disciples said, Jesus, we see how you pray, man. You get things done. Teach us to pray. And he says, I'll pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And then one of the lines is, give us today, right, our daily bread. Give us this. And he's not talking about, like, when I pray that, I don't pray for bread. I don't pray for steaks or car. What I pray, Lord, today, would you bless me with the things that I need? Exactly what I need. Not more than I need. I'm corruptible. I have found that if I have too much, I get in trouble. Can I get a quiet amen? Yeah. Listen, the new day with Jesus, every day, can bring you exactly what you need. Not more than we need, but exactly what, the strength that I need to get through today. Amen? The hope that I need to get through today. The insight that I need to get through today. Man, that encourages me so much. I'm reading what Jeremiah wrote in the book of lamenting. 
And yet it's encouraging for us today to remember that the Lord is your portion every single day. He's your bread. He's your manna in the wilderness. That little story for the Hebrews back in Egypt and 6,000 years ago is a story for us today. Here's your question. Is the Lord your portion? Is the Lord your portion? Is he what, what feeds you and what guides you every single day? Is he the thing you can't live without? The second thing is this, a new day with Jesus brings me the hope to keep going. Whew. You know, that, that song says, a weary world rejoices, but before that, it says, a thrill of hope. Can you imagine living in a hopeless world where there is no hope? You know, I didn't grow up a Christian. Everybody at South Point knows that. I tell that about every other week. But the first 23 years of my life, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't get saved till college. And I remember vividly what hopelessness is like. And I go through things in my life from time to time that are really tough or go through things with people that are really tough. And I will say out loud to them, we will have conversations like, how do people that don't have Jesus in their life live through this? How do they go through this without it driving them nuts? How do they go through this without just being ten times more bitter? The hope is that with Jesus in our life, every single day, He brings us hope. He keeps the bitterness at stay, right? Away from us, stay away. He keeps the hopelessness away. He keeps the darkness away. And sometimes I get, you know, I get the lamenting myself and I get into some of that and, oh, woe's me. How come this happened to this? And I see that darkness creeping in or that bitterness creeping in. I go, you know what, Lord? You're my hope, though. Outside, of, this world's not even my hope. If I, if I won the lot, that big lottery from last month, whatever, the billion lottery, that's not my hope. In fact, our, my kids well, used to ask me when we were little, they would hear the commercials about the lottery, and they go, Dad, how come, how, come, uh, how come we don't play the lottery? And you know what I tell them? It's a sin from the devil. <laughs> no, I never said that. I never said it. Don't believe it. Never said it. But what I said was, I was afraid that I would win. Because you know what I would be like with a billion dollars? It's scary. Because... You know what, I have, to, I have to keep myself and remind myself constantly, what's my hope in this world? The Lord is my hope. The more I learn about Him, the more I realize I wish I'd have had Him the first 23 years. I wish I didn't have to go through some of that junk by myself, the divorce of my family, all the, all the just the bad junk. that I, I wish I could have went through that. I'm still going to go through it, but I wish I'd have went through it with hope. Amen? I wish I'd have went through it with what he's talking about here. Lamentations, verse 25, 325 says this, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. In Hebrews 10, let me throw another verse in there. Hebrews 10 said, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. He who's promised, is, he's faithful. I sure don't understand it all. I wish I could set everybody down. And as a pastor, I kind of had some Yoda spirituality about me, you know. And, and then, like, you had a question, I would go to God, and I'd come back to you. And, like, uh, Lord, he said, you know, and have my ears going and all that. It's as good as I got. It's from, like, junior high, all right. That I, I wish I could set you down, though, and, and God would relay that to us. Like, why? We talked about that last week, the whys in our lives, how those sometimes kill our joy. God said, some things are for us to know, some things aren't. But I've given you enough. I've given you enough. Isn't that amazing that he would say that? I've given you enough that you could live for me. That every day your portion could be me. And through that, you would have a hope that this world cannot extinguish. Let us hold 
unswervingly to that hope. And the last one is this. The last one is that the new day with Jesus, that new and glorious morning we're talking about, it brings that the help that we're actually seeking. That's what it is. That's what I want you to get out of this. This lamentation, just four or five little verses in chapter three. It's crazy because you read those first couple of chapters and I'm shaking my head while I'm reading it. Like, whoo, I'm ready to get out of this book. And then all of a sudden, these, these few verses jump out. And you go, isn't that crazy that we can get caught up in the things of this world? We start wanting, well, God's not supplying exactly what I want, so I'm going to lean on something else. God's not bringing my hope, so I'm going to lean on something else. And then all of a sudden, we're snapped back into it like Jeremiah was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The Lord is my portion. He's good to me. He's faithful. He's going to be with me. And you have to remind ourselves that He is actually everything we're really seeking. Isn't that true? Listen to what it says in verse 26. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Isn't it amazing what the difference a day can make? Just one day in our lives. A day with Jesus can turn your entire life around. You know, it's amazing. You look through Scripture and you get to see, think about this. Think about Lazarus. He's dead for four days. Jesus came to him crying. It's the only, it's only scripture that I know of where it all is terrible. Everybody's crying. Jesus actually says Jesus wept. He understands our sadness. He understands the junk we go through. Yet, everybody say yet. Don't forget that word. That's a powerful word. Yet, Jesus spoke and he spoke life. He said, Lazarus, come on out. Same way with the woman with the issue of blood you read about in the Gospels where she, for 12 years, spent all of her money trying to get cured of whatever was happening. Nobody knew what was happening. No human being did, but it says she touched Jesus. She pushed through the crowd. The crowd was too big. She, couldn't, she was hollering, and he didn't hear, but she pushed through the crowd, and she touched his garment, touched his robe. It says instantly she was healed. And it's the same way for the, the 38-year-old guy that was at the pool of Bethsaida. He was there for 38 years, crippled, begging. Whew, talk about humility, man, having to beg for food, for finances, beg for everything in life. That's, that's a low spot until Jesus walked by. And I look over and over and over and over and over, the whole, all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I look over and over and over, and the difference between all of these people in there was a day with Jesus was that moment with Jesus in their life changed everything. That encounter with Jesus and them saying, okay, I realize that the situation I'm in is not as good as this situation would be with Jesus in it, right? And when Jesus came in, sometimes he would change their physical circumstances also, and sometimes he would just change their hope. With Jesus in me now, I, I don't have to stay lamenting. With Jesus in Jeremiah... He doesn't stay lamenting. He turns that around. He gives us a yet. Man, it's a tough day. It's a tough week. It's a tough year. Yet, I'm going to put my hope and my trust and my faith in what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Amen. I'm going to turn my soul around. I don't want it to be downcast anymore. Listen, listen to what this last scripture for the day is. Romans 13, 11 and 12 says this. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Now, Paul is writing to the Romans, but he's not writing about somebody that's actually asleep. He's not actually writing about a day, but I want you to get all of this. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, from the, 
the slumber that the world puts us in, thinking, oh, it's just a weary world, everything's terrible, all that kind of stuff. Wake up from that, is what he's saying. And then it goes on. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And verse 12 is the kicker. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Paul didn't write that like one night for the next morning. He wasn't talking about night and day. He was talking about a, a state of mind, a state of heart. And he was saying, hey, hey, what we go through, one of these days it's, it's actually going to be completely over. Our salvation is drawing nearer. But that night is nearly over in your life. Hey, w- would you practice something with me real quick? Would you say yet? Maybe going through a night. Again, I don't know anybody that preaches lamentations and a night message before Christmas. But I felt like this is what God wanted us to talk about today. Kids are singing songs. Let's, let's take a part of a song. What happened on that night? That night, oh holy night, that changed the hope of the entire world. And I hope today, little crazy funny songs that the kids sang, all about the same message. That night changed everything. We have an opportunity today to put our faith in Him, to practice what we believe in saying, yet, I know what I'm going through, yet, I will not be downcast. I know, I know what I've been through, I know what's got me down, yet, the night is nearly over, the day is coming. The night is nearly over, the day is coming. The night is nearly over, the day is coming. Amen? Some of you need to hear that's in God's word. Lord, I pray right now that you would teach each one of us in this room. Encourage us, remind us, direct us every single day to include yet in our life. When we start lamenting as Jeremiah did, when we start talking about the, what we're going through, what's pulled us down, what's brought us into darkness, what's creeping up into our lives, what's putting us through it. Lord, I pray that we would stop and say, yet, yet I'm going to think about these things. I'm going to bring this to mind, and I'm going to bring back hope in my life. I'm not going to stay here. Christmas is a time of joy. And that news that you are our hope, Lord, Lord brings great joy to our life. It reminds us that you are our portion. You are our hope. You bring us exactly what we need. And you're really exactly what we're all searching for. I pray that today, Lord, you would help us. Remind us to pray yet. Remind us that in spite of what we're going through, we can pray yet the Lord is with me. Yet the Lord is faithful. Yet I will be encouraged. The Lord lifts up my head encourages my spirit yet the Lord reminds me of the things that he's blessed me with in this life Lord I'm going to count those blessings I'm going to pray those even though I'm going through the struggle yet I thank you for the air in my lungs I thank you for the roof over my head the friends and family I do have I thank you for the hope that you've given me in spite of what we're going through Lord yet you're with us Thank you for what that changes. With your eyes still closed, church, let me pray one more prayer for us. And let me tell you, this is why I'm going to pray. Because as I said earlier, the person that wrote the lyrics to O Holy Night wasn't a a Christian. Nothing wrong with that. 
but it does teach me something. It teaches me that you can know the story of Jesus and not know the Savior, Jesus. You could have read the book just like he did and wrote the poem. Incredible gift from God to write that. But do you know Jesus? If you're here today and you don't know him, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to have you stand or embarrass you in any way or anything like that. But I just am going to pray one more prayer. God knows right where you're at. And if that's you and you say, today's the day that I want to open my heart and my mind, my soul. I want to open my life and let Jesus come in and be my Lord and my Savior. In spite of what I'm going through, yet I want Him in my life. If that's you, will you, while nobody's looking, will you just give me a little wave? And it just lets me know, Scott, you're praying for me. When you're praying that prayer, you're praying for me. Awesome. Anyone else? That's what we're here for today. To remind us that He's our hope, that He is our portion. He's our salvation. Anyone else? Just give me a little wave. Super proud of you. Wow, that's great. So for those that lifted their hands this morning, while I pray, will you just tell him, say, hey, Lord, that's me. Today's the day. I'm yours. Will you just tell him that? Jesus, we thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you so much for that night, that holy night that changed everything, that brought hope into the world once and for all. And here, 2,000 years later, the month of Christmas, we're still talking about it. Still talking about how it brings us hope to have a new day with you, Lord. I pray for those that raised their hand today and probably so many others that didn't. Lord, I pray that you would show them how much you love them today. That you came to this world and gave your life because you love them. That you gave us this word because you love them. And you brought them here today to listen to these great kids' songs. And hear this message because you love them. I pray that today you'd come into their life. That you'd forgive them of their past. And that you from this day forward, as they are your child, as they are yours, Lord, that you would teach them your ways. Teach them how to walk and talk like you and understand the way you do. Teach them how to see the world as you see it. And Lord, remind them from this day forward the power of praying the word yet. Remind us all. That we can turn our circumstances around by turning to you, Lord. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Turn to your neighbor and give them a fist bump and say yet. Can you do that? Yet. That's what it's about. You know what? We're going through the world. Yet. Yet God is with us. Amen. Hey, as you walk out of here today, I want to encourage you. Pray that prayer. Use the word yet. Not that there's anything magical about that word, but it does something to us emotionally and mentally. It reminds us of the, what God's word says. Lamentations chapter 3. And if by some reason, if you were one of those that raised your hand today, and that orange bulletin that you got, that you received when you came through the doors, there's a flap on that. And man, if you would write your name and email on there, we won't come and harass you. It's a hassle-free guarantee. We won't do that. But what we'd like to do is send you some next steps, like, what, what do I do next? And we'd love to send that to you uh, through email and just help point you in the right direction. If you need any other help, feel free to contact us because we're here for you. We want to do everything we can to make your walk in this faith successful. Amen? Well, if you will, stand with us. Let me pray for us, and we're going to get out of here and have an incredible Christmas week. Lord, we love you. We thank you. 
for everything that you have blessed us with. I pray blessing over this congregation today that you would go with the little ones and the big ones and help us all, Lord, to look for you throughout our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 You're dismissed. Have a wonderful week.